This is one of those good news, bad news scenario things. What do you want first? Bad news. The wine that Shane gave you the other night wasn't wine. It was blood. Your sister's a suck monkey. What he's trying to say is, we're vampires. Oh, scary. <laughs> no, but seriously. We're vampires. <laughs> You have to see the world the way we do. Never grow old. You'll never die. And you'll never know fear again. I'm Edgar Frog, surfboard shaper and vampire hunter. Hey everyone and welcome back to The Pod and the Pendulum, your horror movie podcast covering every horror movie franchise, one movie and one episode at a time. I'm your host, Mike Snoonian, joined once again by a roundtable of folks. Up first, we have our regular co-host, Jerry Smith. Jerry, how are we doing? What is up? Lost Boys, the tribe. Getting up for it. I'm excited. (laughs) Can't even say with a straight face. Can't even... (laughs) Can't even can't yeah. do that. And like a, a movie that like can't even get Kiefer Sutherland, so they got not not his brother, but his half a brother, Angus yeah. Sutherland. Not <laughs> even half the talent, you know, half the brother, <laughs> not half the talent. Spoiler alert. Um, we have also have with us on hand uh, from Ghastly Grinning and now Dread Central, Brian Kuiper. Brian, how are we doing? I'm doing great. Glad to That's be here. great. Even if we are talking about the tribe. Right. Brian, you can raise your levels up just a little I'm bit if sure you'd like. Will. Will. All right. Also on hand, we have Miss Veronica Maitland. Yeah, Veronica, we do. Hello. How are you doing? Oh, I'm, you know what? I'm really excited to talk about surfing, vampires. Um, there's, I think that's about it, but no, we're good. We're good. I'm excited. <laughs> So, yeah, this is it's interesting because I think to date, I think this is the 41st or 42nd movie that we've covered here. And it's the first direct to video movie that we've covered. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. (laughs) So, I mean, we've covered some stinkers. You know, we've covered, you know, Halloween Resurrection and Jason Goes to Manhattan. Uh, Book of Shadows, um, you know, not movies I would call good or watchable uh, or, you know, movies. I think, you know, I think this is one where if you were to show this to somebody under duress, you could be arrested for a war crime. (laughs) Well, And it's also a movie that if you showed someone who hadn't seen the first movie, like if you showed him Lost Boys, the tribe first, I can guarantee you they would never go back and watch the first movie. Oh, absolutely. They would not do that. So. But before we get to the – you know what really sucks is right now someone out there is like, you know what, man? The Tribe is the first horror movie I ever watched. And it was the well, gate. Well, it was the they gateway. They went down a wrong road. And like 
someone's got like a probably like a Lost Boys tribe tattoo or something. Like they <laughs> love sure this a movie. Lot of Brunswick Lost Boys tribe tattoos. But somebody, you know what I mean? Like, like their senior somebody. yearbook quote was, "Let's get one thing straight. I fucking hate vampires." Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, what's so. funny is someone someone is c- going to come across this episode and be like, "Finally, my favorite movie is talked <laughs> about." And five minutes into it, they're going to like, "Well, uh, I, you know, Fuck there's yeah. that." <laughs> <laughs> I have to rethink everything, reassess this- my life. This is the episode that Corey Feldman's going to stumble upon, you know, <laughs> you know, not when we shower him with praise for his performance as Tommy Jarvis in the final chapter or uh, for his performance in the first Lost Boys. This is the one where, like, the Feld is going to find our show and be like, fuck you guys. And then <laughs> I'm going to piss somebody else off. That's gonna We're send totally going to get another think piece about how much our show sucks off of this. <laughs> Before we dive into this movie, I think there have been like a number of decent things to watch recently. And I kind of wonder what everyone has been up to, like what's been catching your eyeballs. I'll let you guys go first because uh, what I've been watching is will probably go the opposite direction of <laughs> watch. So go for it. Uh, I just watched. Uh, I just saw Uncut Gems. Finally, it took a while, but that Ooh. movie was that was intense. That was a full blown anxiety attack, and I loved that ride. It was a great ride. I think we went to see it like two times opening week. Mm-hmm. Like I love uh, that movie. I can't see that one again. Adam Sandler's so great. He's something so... I never thought I'd say. And I read that the directors they um they they recorded like 700 hours of just people talking so they could have appropriate background noise. And mm-hmm. it's just unreal how like, I haven't felt that tense during a movie, like a full blown pan- panic attack for two hours since whiplash, I think. And mm-hmm. so uncut gems brought that like full circle. It was so good. I still need to see it. And Whew. I, I, I've seen the new Grudge movie, and I willingly chose that movie over Uncut Gems, despite oh. really wanting to see Uncut Gems. Like, <laughs> you know, I've made some terrible choices in life, and I'm feeling like <laughs> that was that definitely – that's up there. <laughs> that's up there with, like, dropping out of college at age 20 and then taking 20 years to get my bachelor's. Like, seeing the new Grudge is up there in terms of, like <laughs> – poor life decisions I've made. No, but uh, when it comes to uncut gems, I mean, God damn, like, you know, I'm not going to give any spoilers whatsoever because it's a movie you should definitely go into as blind as possible. But there are so many times in this goddamn movie where you're almost wanting to yell at the screen, dude, you have every opportunity to turn yes. your shit around. It's like, um, did you guys watch Silicon Valley, that show where um, yeah. it's just, yeah, 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 right? So it's just like, you're just screaming like you're making the wrong choice over and over again and you just watch them fail. It's it's so fun. It's so fun because it's not me. If it were me, I you know, that would be a terrible story. But like watching someone else go through it is a lot of fun. <laughs> And like anyone that punches the weekend, like, dude, I am there. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen it yet. I'm the only one who hasn't seen it yet, but I've got, my wife got me, um, Regal Unlimited. So I will be there soon. And so I've seen a lot of movies (laughs) because of that. I saw Knives Out finally. I saw Knives Out finally, which was 
fantastic if you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, the first movie I saw uh, with my pass was The Grudge, <laughs> which, which um, wasn't so great. Right. Um, but I think, you know, hey, I, I didn't I didn't hate it as much as Jerry did, but I just uh, it, it just didn't do anything for me. It's not very interesting. Yeah, I'd say it's a C minus. Like I don't, yeah. I, mean, I don't, I don't give it the F that everyone's giving it. I think I'm more disappointed. You never like do something really stupid as a kid, and your parents are like, "I'm not angry. I'm disappointed." Yeah. It's it's pretty much how I feel about the new Grudge because uh-huh. Eyes of Our Mother is one of the most incredible debuts of a of a filmmaker with Nicholas. Am I saying his name correct if I say Pesci or Pessy? I, I can't pronounce I, I, I just I just call him Nicholas I'm, P. I'm gonna call him <laughs> NP. So you know NP's <laughs> debut, it really should be discussed up there with like Jordan Peele's debut and yeah. Ari Oster's debut and Robert Eggers debut. You know, you have this this real like visionary voice and and, and he was able to create these moments of violence that absolutely like took your breath away and just stayed with you way after walking out of the theater and watching the movie. And then you have like The Grudge, which is an R-rated movie, and it's so pedestrian and just so like, it's, you know, fine. It's there. It's like the, you know, it's like the Wendy's single cheeseburger, like on the value menu of like, movies like it'll get the job done i guess in a pinch but there's no need to really seek it out well the thing is like he like i've heard people call him a one-trick pony but that's not true because his second film piercing is just as good like he had a one-two punch right from the beginning and to be honest i hated the grudge like it it was probably and i don't use this term like all the time, but it's probably the worst movie I've seen in five years. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hated it with a passion, and mm-hmm. I have no idea why. Now, did but you I watch don't... The Lost Boys, The Tribe, before the show? Like, is, it within that, is it within that five-year window? Right? No, but like, I don't think it's his fault, though. I don't. I see like those million and five jump scares as being something that was kind of like the mandate. Mm-hmm. I think that's what irritated me so much. Because right from the gate, I mean, Eyes of My Mother, I, I think it's – that is a movie that just fucks me up in the greatest of ways. Mm-hmm. Like it, it felt like mm-hmm. David Lynch does Texas Chainsaw to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember when that movie first came out, the the PR company sent to – I don't know if they wanted – you know, they every once in a while PR companies will send writers random things. Uh, this is the most random thing I've ever got. Eyes of My Mother, the PR company sent me a real cow's eyeball. Wow, and it was in this bag of fluid, and I forgot about it. I put it on my bag of fluid. Okay, wow. And I put it on my fridge, and I forgot about it. (laughs) And about a week later, it started smelling, and there was like a (laughs) hundred ants on my fridge. So I always remember that movie for that. But like, such a talented director. You know, I, I walked in the Grudge, you know, just wanting to watch it. Halfway through it, I was just like. Oh my God. And I kept looking at my wife saying, well, I guess at least I'm getting paid for watching this. I mean, like I couldn't think of any way around it other than that. And I even took my kids to see it, which is kind of a dumb thing to do. Yeah. But really wanted to watch it. And my daughter mm-hmm. loved it, loved it with a passion. And I was mm-hmm. just like, Dahlia, why? And she was just like, 
like, yeah, dad, I know I had so many jump scares for no reason whatsoever, but you know, it, it, it was fun. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, and I sold her right away. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, other than that, uh, I saw little women recently, which is definitely not horror, but it's fucking mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. Uh, that really was, oh, it was so good. So good. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. Florence, uh, I can't pronounce her last Florence name, right? Q? Florence. Yeah. yeah. She went right from midsummer to, I think the very next day or the next mm-hmm. two days later into filming, like right away filming little women. And that's so great because those two performances are different. Well, uh, and earlier this year, she was in Fighting with My Family. Which I, mean, she's I just, just, I just was going to say that. I just watched that this last weekend. Her speech at the end yeah. made me cry. And I, I don't know why. But at that moment, it was just like, oh, my gosh, this fucking movie is making me cry. I don't, <laughs> and, it, and it was so she was she's so good. She's amazing. She in, is. In, in, yeah, in she's great. Uh, so Slim, Queen and Slim's pretty amazing, too. Mm-hmm. I know everything I'm saying other than the grudge isn't really horror based, but I like Brian. I, I got the regal rewards a while back. So I've been watching like, I don't know, 15, 16 movies in the last couple months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just yeah. got out of, I do the AMC one because there's just more of them around us. And I came out of underwater last night. I caught a late screening of it and that's mm-hmm. super fun. You know, underwater disaster slash monster movie. Um, there's no first act. I mean, basically, no, there's not. <laughs> the movie just like, all right, we're in this giant drill underwater and things go wrong right from the get go. Like there's no real first act. And it's just 90 minutes of um, trying to get the hell out and then underwater sea monsters attack. And it's so much fun. It is absolutely seems like it was edited by someone who snorted all the Adderall. Um, <laughs> and I still don't quite understand how some of the characters, um, like their histories with one another. Like, I think you're supposed to assume that Kristen Stewart's husband dies at one point. Um, but I'm not a hundred percent sure because it's not really, it's not a movie where there's like dialogue is that important. Um, but it's like even like the characters are all pretty well drawn. I think what I liked about it a lot is like there are no dicks basically. No one is like there's everyone is basically we have a really insurmountable situation ahead of us. Let's not make it worse by infighting. Let's all do our jobs as competently as we can do them. Um, and, you know, it's still going to be almost impossible to pull this off. So even the character that they set up to be, you think he's going to be the asshole and he's actually one of the better characters um, in it. So I really enjoyed I mean, Kristen Stewart's just, she's fantastic. She in was it. great. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, mean, I, um, I, I saw it right after school yesterday, mm-hmm. and um, as soon as I got out, I uh, I wrote my review for Gasly Grinning in less than an hour and sent it off. And I had commented on Twitter last night, and um, Ryan wrote me and said, "Dude, are you still writing a review for it?" And it's like it's already in your inbox, man. Mm-hmm. It was just like it was just so exciting and so much fun, and just. I really had a blast with it. Yeah. I just it was the kind of movie that I've been wanting to be able to see yeah. in the theater. Mm. Just a straightforward, fun, pretty scary movie. Yeah. You know? And with without spoiling anything, the final monster reveal is so cool. Oh, it was it's great. so, I mean, you like there it's, you think, Oh, this is the end monster. And then you're like, Nope, that's not it. Like that is, 
Not it at all. Though when you see the final monster, it's such a, an awesome reveal. I really loved it. Um, yeah, Little I, Women, fantastic. We, yeah. we caught that as a family over the Christmas break. But have you guys uh, on hmm? uh, streaming? Have you guys seen the new uh, on Shutter the new Tom Savini documentary? I yes. have not. No. Yes, it, I have. Really good. I I loved it. I, I you know I watched it, and then my son's really obsessed with special effects. Uh, my son mm-hmm. Dexter, so I brought him in and showed it to him. It's really good. Really great, but like some of the editing just really throws me off every once in a while. Like there's some like oh. long kind of awkward pauses and that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. I mean, aside from that, it's really good, and it's not just like a it's not just a highlight reel of his stuff. It's like oh. about his whole life, and it's mm-hmm. really really heartfelt and good. So does it dive into like his history as like a war photographer at all? Does yes. it go yes. into that kind of background? Mike, <laughs> what's that? Shows photos. Okay. Uh, like, no, it's, I mean, straight from like birth up until right mm-hmm. now, like, even getting custody of his daughter when like mm-hmm. his ex wife went through some problems, it goes through that kind of stuff. Oh, wow. It speaks, it speaks to his kids, uh, his estranged, a uh, couple of his estranged children. It speaks to like his con- like collaborators. Like, mm-hmm. it is such a great documentary. Like, if you could kind of bypass some of the weird editing here and there, like, it's mm-hmm. really good. It's hosted by Doug Bradley at the beginning. Oh, very cool. Do they ever like address like the stuff, you know, because I know he has the reputation of not being the most pleasant guy at um, conventions. Yeah. And I wonder if they they dive into that a little bit. Yeah. Very briefly. But yeah, they definitely dive into that. I hope it's just like 90 (laughs) seconds of him, like high fiving and shaking hands with everybody and be like, see, I'm all right. He talks about for a while. Like in between like movie gigs, he was doing conventions basically just to keep the you know pay rent and stuff, mm-hmm. and he was really feeling it. And then after a while, you know, after he started doing a lot better again, he started doing conventions and actually doing them for the right reasons. He said, mm-hmm. you know, and talking to people, and it kind of shows this kind of shift. Yeah, you know. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I would definitely. That. I can there's, totally also a, there's also a reveal that I found really surprising about, and I won't spoil it, but why he's not doing mm-hmm. special effects stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. It, it, and it's some, something he revealed for the first time in that interview he said, anyway. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, we'll definitely check that out. I mean, everybody should have Shudder anyway, um, so we'll definitely check that out. So, Veronica, what have you caught besides Uncut Gems? Anything good? <laughs> Um, besides Uncut Gems, let's see. Hmm. I mean, I guess I could check my Regal and see what I've seen lately. But mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, I saw, well, with the holidays, I didn't really see a whole lot. I've seen Knives Out, which, of course, was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really excited to see Benoit Blanc. I heard they're going to make a second movie with right. his character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. Um, I saw, gosh, this is back but i saw dr sleep i'm watching a lot of things i didn't hate dr sleep as much as people hated dr sleep mm-hmm. i um, love dr sleep it yeah like probably I a, my honestly it was my favorite movie of the year along oh. with marriage story marriage story and dr oh. sleep are my two favorite movies of the year so marriage story was a rough one to watch but dr sleep i um i mean i loved marriage story too yeah but, yeah but Doctor Sleep, it, I had I had a lot of fun with it. I had fun with Ewan. Um, every time he does an American accent, I just have a great time with that. Mm-hmm. Um, he, it, 
Mike Flanagan's great at what he does. He really I, is. He's a great storyteller, and he pulled everything together in a cohesive way, even though Stephen King was never a fan of the original Shining, of Kubrick's Shining. It, just, it was pulled together really nicely, and I, I, I enjoyed the movie. So. I was under the impression, yeah, I was under the impression that people enjoyed Dr. Sleep, but not enough people saw it. Mm. overall so they just did a weird thing like hey we have a new horror movie coming out let's do it in november which you know they kind of missed the boat man i think people got burned out a little bit post halloween yeah yeah i went to the theater to watch it and it was out of the theater by then yeah so i still haven't seen Mm -hmm. dr sleep marriage story like i liked it but at the same time i feel like i kind of lived that movie twice already Mm -hmm. so (laughs) yeah you know i i i didn't I've, i've married to the same person i've have been married to since for, you know, 18 years almost now. Um, but it was interesting experience watching that movie because yeah. we started it. Um, it's like, Hey, we finally have a chance to watch a movie together, which we rarely do. And we were kind of sitting on, on opposite sides of the couch, you know, just sort of doing it or, you know, just watching casually. Then as this movie got going, it was just like, my wife says, can I come sit next to you? And I was like, yes, please. Yes, please come sit next to me. My husband and I were watching it and I paused it and I said, let's never get divorced because it's horrifying. And I mean, even not going through that, you still, I mean, being with the same person, you have big fights. It was just, it was like, talk about a movie that's not a horror movie. That is a horror movie. I mean, marriage Mm -hmm. story is a horror movie. Right. There's a, there's a scene in that. And I know like our, our listeners are going to be like, what the fuck? This is horror. <laughs> but, but there's a scene in that movie. That, we're doing that our, just, this is just, we trust our listeners. We're, we're doing you a service right now yeah. by yeah. avoiding. Scene in marriage story that just hit me hard because I had been at that exact place before. And it's where the, uh, I forgot what the title is, but the woman came over to assess whether Adam driver yeah. was, you know, yeah. that whole thing with the son. Yeah. And, and, you know, in 2007, I kind of went through that whole thing and seeing Adam Driver's character, I think maybe some people get the wrong impression about that. But like, he's awful. Like, I don't mean awful as a, as a, a character, but at that point, he's in such a bad place that he, mm-hmm. that that kid should not be there with him, you know, and like he's harming himself and acting like it was an accident. You know, it's like a call for help. Mm-hmm. And that movie just screwed me up because, mm-hmm. I mean, I had been there. Like, when I, you know, I got divorced for the first time. I was in a really bad shape. I reacted to it very badly, started drinking a lot. And, you know, there came a time where, like, my, my oldest kind of had to go stay with her mom for a while because, you know, like, that stuff happens. That stuff affects people, you know. Like, divorce is never easy. And I think that movie captured it so perfectly. And I know a lot of it was like autobiographical, you know, Noah Baumbach and Jennifer Jason Lee went through basically that divorce, uh, you know, and I, I think those films, to be honest, and I know that there's always gatekeepers saying this is or this isn't a horror film, but I think emotional horror is just as important as mm. slasher films. You know, I've always felt that, uh, you know, especially in anything that I've, I've made, you know, I, I did a, a short film called Love is Dead. Uh, a few years ago with uh, Joanna Angel and Ruben Plough from Insidious. Uh, and it, my whole mentality with that is let's make a horror film where your words are the weapons instead of actual weapons. Ooh. And I think that that stuff is so emotionally, not just draining, but it, it forces the the viewer, and Marriage Story does this really well, it forces the viewer to go through this, these 
wide range of emotions and there isn't a set villain. Both of them are fucked up. Both of them are right. Both of them are wrong. It's just kind of like the crossfire of what people go through in that situation. Yeah. So the tribe. No. <laughs> so, I was going to say on a, um, you know, in terms of like also like in terms of heavy duty, like deep movies, like uh, I just rewatched The Phantom Menace uh, with my daughter. <laughs> like, oh, so, that must have been hard for you. It wasn't actually. It was oh. actually pretty joyful. Um, <laughs> what? My daughter loves the original trilogy and she loves the new trilogy. Like we were able to go see and it was kind of awesome being able to take my daughter to like three new star Wars movies. And she has her own trilogy with her own characters that she's going to, you know, grow up and love and like, remember. Um, but watching the Phantom Menace with her was kind of like, you know, I mean, like there's a, obviously I, I think I've come to peace with what Lucas is doing with the, with the prequel trilogy. It's less about like what new stories can I tell? And for Lucas, it's more about, how can I like innovate with this new digital cinema? Um, what are some new things I can try to do right or, or rightly or wrongly? What can I do? And he's like, if I'm going to be able to do that and if, I, if I'm going to get the funds to do that, the vehicle for me is going to be, you know, obviously the star Wars franchise. Um, so it was in whether or not you kind of love what he was doing, in those movies visually, at least he was trying to kind of push things forward. So other people could innovate and kind of take advantage of what had come before it. I mean, uh, I, I think I that, this. Oh, good. Oh no. I was just going to say, I think that the story in the trilogy is, is really well put together and really well torn. And I think it's more cohesive than the story in the, in the, um, in the current trilogy. I think that the prequels were, I think that the prequels were, um, I mean, controversially, I think that the story in the prequels was much better than the story in this in this current um, sequel trilogy. Yeah, and you know, planned with, out in that. Case. Yeah, whereas it feels the new trilogy feels much more haphazard. It's like, well, um, Ryan Johnson really did. I think Last Jedi is the best of the three. Sure, in my opinion. It and is because it it really does something different, and it takes. Um, does it though? Well, for me, it did. I mean, for me, it did. It surprised it, me. It, it did things that surprised me, whereas mm-hmm. neither Force Awakens nor Rise of Skywalker did. No, sure. I mean, thematically, the Last Jedi is very similar to Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, oh yeah, of course. You and- know it's very similar overall in terms of like the, the overall thematics. I think it's the best of the new trilogy. I like some of the direction that, that Johnson put it in and like, it's a brilliant movie. Um, and probably the second or third strongest entry in of all nine movies. It's probably the one I'll go back and watch the least often. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, except for maybe like part two and part three. So it's not one where I would just like pull it off a shelf and say like, I'm going to watch this on its own. Like I would like uh, a new hope or empire or even force awakens just because it's not what I'm looking for. But what I found watching the Phantom Menace with my daughter is like within three minutes of Jar Jar Binks being on screen. She's like, I love him. Um, she thought he was incredible. All the little, things that like 25 year old me found like really groan inducing like oh of course anakin built c3po oh look there's r2 like all the little nods that 
definitely were wedged in there. Like she was gasping at them and like she had a full blown meltdown when Qui-Gon was killed by Darth Maul. Um, and I found myself like that scene, you know, that, that moment where like Maul is revealed at the end and you have like the duel, the fates go up. I'm like, I still got goosebumps. So I found like watching this movie with someone who the movie is meant for, as opposed to, watching the movie and then having film Twitter react to it uh, in just the most negative ways possible, like really made me appreciate. Well, for me, I mean, I, I, those prequels have been about kind of letting go for me. I mean, growing up, uh, aside from horror, star Wars was always like my, the biggest love of my life. Mm -hmm. I mean, like massive, like fandom coming from me, Uh, you know, and I hated those movies when they came out. And I still kind of despise the prequels. But with that being said, like uh, kind of like what you're saying with your daughter, anytime my son watches one of those, like his l- eyes light up like a Christmas tree. He loves them with a passion. And it's allowed me to kind of just let go of that shit. It's like I have my Star Wars. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I have the movies that I love, mm-hmm. you know, like let him have his. Mm-hmm. And it, it also gave me kind of a new appreciation appreciation for or what they were trying to go with it. Exactly. And that happens with me too. It's funny because, you know, um, me, I'm very much, I grew up with the original trilogy. Uh, the prequels, you know, I, I defended them when they came out, but, you know, I, I grew a little colder with them. My son, however, adores them. They're his favorite trilogy. Huh. Then, then my daughter has hated, she never liked Star Wars, you know, and she's just a couple years younger than my oldest son. And uh, but she loves the new trilogy because she has a hero to look up to. She has Ray mm-hmm. in in those movies. Yeah, and and, and to have, you know, it, it's. I think that's such a cool thing that we kind of each have our story that we really latch mm-hmm. on to in this one universe that's been created. And it's it's a kind of a kind of a beautiful thing. Agree, and I adore each of the new movies in the new trilogy all for different reasons i think you know yeah, and I, I think that's agree. all right i don't think you have to be a uh last jedi or or rise of skywalker person you don't not everything has to divide into <laughs> some camp that you have to go uh, to, to yeah i i agree so, I, I like all speaking three of, of trilogy speaking of excellent trilogies yeah there's okay. this yeah. one bring trilogy it in. called Lost Boys. <laughs> oh, bring it in. All right. So this has been my long-winded way of really trying to avoid. All right. Who wants to? Because I, I, I think this is going to be a movie a lot of people have not seen. So who would like to take a stab at recapping this movie? Dude, I, I'm down. If you got, if if Do anyone it. else wants to, Jerry, please, okay. you, please, you may Jerry. well be the only one who paid enough this. attention to get it. A you know. little bit of history before the plot. After The Lost Boys was a massive hit on video, like it did okay at theaters, but it was, I mean, it was so huge in video. And The Tribe was too, which is fucking weird. But after that, you know, Schumacher wanted to do The Lost Girls, which is kind of like, let's give female viewers their story. Let's Mm -hmm. do that. And he tried to do it for so long, and it just wasn't happening for one reason or another. So Warner Brothers was basically like, you know what? Fuck this dude. He's not making it happen. Let's, you know, let's rejuvenate the series. And basically, they bought someone else's script about surfing werewolves mm-hmm. that was called The Tribe and rewrote it 
had the person rewrite it and did their own rewrites into making it The Lost Boys, which is weird because this movie in a lot of ways is a just it, – it's less of a sequel and more of a really bad remake of The Lost Boys. Mm. Mm-hmm. There are mm-hmm. there are specific beats. You know, uh, instead of two brothers now, it's, it's a uh, – it's a former surfer and his younger sister. They move in with their aunt. You know, uh, he tries to look for jobs. You know, they, they run into like another former pro surfer. <laughs> this movie's all about surfing. Uh, who invites them to a party. Uh, the sister gets turned into a half vampire this time. And basically, Corey Feldman comes in and tries to save the day. And instead of Kiefer Sutherland, like we said at the beginning, we get his half-brother, Angus Sutherland, to be the main bad guy, Shane. Uh, I'm sorry, you know, no offense to any of our listeners named Shane, but you cannot have, you can't go from Kiefer Sutherland's David to Angus Sutherland's Shane. Shane. That speaks (laughs) so much on this movie, The Tribe. This movie, okay, everything that The Lost Boys gets unfairly, like, labeled, you know, as far as like boys' night out kind of movie, which I still don't think it is. The tribe is most definitely that shit. This is this is the equivalent of vape bars, tribal tattoos, puka shell necklaces, yes. and and monster energy drinks. This is four loco and a line of coke at once. <laughs> that is what the tribe is. Yeah, Good summary. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting because Schumacher pitched the Lost Girls hard for, and he was going to bring David back. Like he, mm-hmm. I think, made a point of saying the reason why David doesn't disintegrate in the end of the Lost Boys is like I always wanted to bring him back for something else, um, and he was going to be, you know, and then it would be a whole new new group of like young women vampires, and that I want to see that movie so yeah. bad, or I want to see mm. it as a Netflix series, like I, anything, like give me. Give me that and just maybe update it for like the early 90s or something. Um, so that would be a hell of a lot of fun to watch. Way more fun than this movie. It's, it's just rough. And you could tell that, like, you know, Feldman did that Rambo impression in the first uh, film. And it was, it was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it was silly, but it was funny. This one, it is so forced and his hair is so bad Uh, And the voice, the voice that he does, it's so painful to sit there and listen to. I mean, all the one-liners are just not good in this. She's a vampire. Uh, (laughs) And just the frog juice and, like, who ordered the steak? Like, uh, Feldman. Oh, my God. It's just bad. It is this movie, too. Like, we spent a long time... I, I, last week talking about queer themes in the Lost Boys, and then we watch this, and this is the most aggressively heterosexual <laughs> movie I have yes. ever watched. Like it's like, like as soon as you think, as soon as you think there may be hope, there's just boobs. Like guys, yeah. did you forget there's boobs again? Yeah. And it's uh. <laughs> like there was. Um, you know, this could instead of being Lost Boys, the tribe, this could be like Lost Boys, no homo, the movie. <laughs> like it's so, like every you know, it, 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 
Yeah, it was like, hey, guys, we're going to get all that queer stuff out of here. We're best, you know, we're all about balling babes and just like whipping I out feel like titties. It's the movie. I feel like this is the movie that is, and I'm not trying to be insensitive, but I feel like this is the movie that's played during like date rapes while Chevelle is playing on the stereo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Head P.E. probably sponsored this goddamn movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not good. It's just not good. I will, um, yeah, I was very uncomfortable watching this movie. And I mean, I've seen, you know, I, I don't know. I've seen Irreversible 65 times, but this <laughs> movie in particular was just it was a hard watch. Right. And yeah. I don't I don't know what it was about this movie. I guess I'm not schooled enough to dive into why this movie is bad other than the fact that dialogue is bad, the storyline is bad and the acting is bad. Mm-hmm. Um it's just a really painful watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is, you know, I mean, like you had said how it's like four loco in a line. Like you have this for a movie about surfing vampires. You know what this movie doesn't have? Surf. Any, <laughs> any surfing scenes whatsoever. Well, you know what it like, reminds me there of? There is no surfing in this movie. Yeah. In 2008, in, in the city that I grew up in, Visalia, California, uh, where, where Jack Burton is from, Big Trouble in Little China, but uh, – there in 2008, there was this big boom of like MMA shit around here, which is mm-hmm. something I've never been into. But like you know, I get it. People like seeing p- people punch each other. But around here, it seems like everybody trained. You know, in quotes, mm-hmm. everybody did that, and everyone was just like, "Oh yeah, where do you train? Oh, at home." Like that, it was like, basically that kind of shit. Like this, this movie wants to be Point Break, but nobody surfs. It's always the, it's the poser. It's the poser who mm-hmm. brings a skateboard to school but walks home. You know, I mean, they couldn't even they couldn't even attempt like Brady Bunch level scenes with like the dude posing on it. And you superimpose like a blue screen wave in the background. And he's kind of like trying to keep his balance like you couldn't even do anything like that. You just have like, you know, even the initiation saying, oh, maybe the initiation is going to be he has to like surf some crazy wave but it's like nope like he has to ride in a little sidecar and just like it doesn't it doesn't make oh it's really it's also like everybody knows surfing as well so this 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 brother who was an ex surfer Mm -hmm. um, i don't recall why he's no longer a surfer um surfer in this movie Everybody knew who he was. Everybody knew who he was. Everyone talked about surfboard shaping, which, I mean, it's a board. I don't know how much shaping you need to do, but I'm sure that's a hobby or a job. I'm not here to shit on surfing. Um, Good for people who shape shape those boards for other people. But I think that... there, I, I, I'm just I'm flabbergasted at at the mishmash of this movie, the surfing vampires. Honestly, if you sold me a movie that was like, listen, I got something for you. We're gonna have vampires. Hold up, they're also going to surf. I'm gonna be like, oh fuck yes. Tell me this movie. Show me this movie. Put it in my eyeballs. And then you get this movie, and you're like, you know what? I'm good. Can you just like? erase this from my eyeballs i just I, right uh, well what's funny is my experience with this i know i had seen this movie before watching it this time i kept asking myself have i seen this movie before because <laughs> i could not remember a single moment i was like 
did I watch The Thirst instead? I, I just did not remember mm-hmm. a thing. But then I went to the deleted scenes and I went, oh, I remember that. I remember the alternate ending that mm-hmm. is on special feature that is on the disc. That's right. all I remember wow. from this movie. Right. You have the mid credit scene where Sam, Corey Haim, comes back as a vampire. Yes. Right. And then the deleted scene is where the other Frog Brothers is a vampire, which is yes. one of the main plots in The Thirst. The the third one, the fro- other fro- Alan comes back and he's actually a major character as a vampire. Okay. Uh, but it, it, also, it seems like the tribe just didn't give a shit about <laughs> any of the Anything. fans of the first film, any just anything other than the name. Uh, you know, I, I remember when this movie was uh, in production, Tom Savini did an interview and he was just like, yeah, my scene, it's kind of like a Sergio Leone scene. And it's like watching the Is movie, it? you're like, what the fuck? Oh, it's I, not. No, it's, it's more Tom like Savini. joint down this block scene. Like there, there's uh, no. Tom Savini's <laughs> scene is I'm the get off my lawn guy. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. So he's basically Jason in part four. Right. <laughs> it's, yeah. You know, it's, 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 oh God, I'm, I'm rarely at a loss for words, but this you know, movie just does that so, to me. Uh, Jerry and Mike, like coming at this from, from people who were, you know, grew up on the lost boys. When this was announced, do you even remember how you felt about it? Yep. No. I, <laughs> I remember how I felt, and it was pretty ecstatic. And I was really uh, pissed that it went straight to video. And then I watched it, and I, I realized why it went straight to video. Like, oh. if there's ever a movie, and I hate the term, you know, destroyed my childhood, because it's that's fucking bullshit. Nothing destroys any childhoods other than obviously real shit. Right. But watching this movie, I didn't watch the original for at least, I think, maybe two years after that. Mm-hmm. It didn't ruin yeah. it for me. It's like, oh, man, like, I don't want to see Corey Feldman again. Yeah. You know, I I don't they... see and I, you know, now all these years removed, you know, I don't mind seeing him in interviews, you know, with his like uh, affliction clothes and his studded hats and the studded shirts and studded sweaters all at once. Uh, you'll see that in the Tom Savini documentary or his excessive makeup. The, I never thought that would be better than seeing him as one of the Frog Brothers. And after the tribe, it most definitely fucking is. You know, when they announced this movie and it was like, hey, it's going direct to video and the only member, you know, only person involved with it from the first movie is um, Corey Feldman. And uh, we have Kiefer Sutherland's like half brother. <laughs> after that, I'm just like... Uh. You know, I don't need to like there's only so many minutes and so many days you get on this spinning orifice that we live on. (laughs) And I'm like, I just can't foresee any situation in my life where I would willingly sit down and watch this movie. Did you you remember the episode of that awful reality show that the two Corys had? The two Corys. There was an episode where Feldman is actually contacted to be in the tribe. There's something I need to talk to you about, dude. Sit down for a minute. What's up, kiddo? Something I've been wanting to talk to you about, dude. Um, Is it ended now again? No, dude. It's just the whole Lost Boys thing. Yeah, you don't want to do it. It's not that. Spit it out, man. We can't be all that bad, right? What's up? They're making a sequel to Lost Boys. They're making this. Who's they? Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers Home Video is doing some crappy 
on the sequel. Are we in it? Nope. Are you in it? No. They asked me to be in it, but... Um, Who are we? They just asked me to come do a cameo. So they do. And I said, I, I told them that there's no way I'm doing it. I wouldn't do it without you. And, um... There's no mention me, nothing in the flick. Dude, don't. You can't take it personal. It's not personal, dude. It's love everyone in that movie. And everyone loved you. It's not them. You just just put it into perspective. Would you perspective want... Perspective is, man, I f***ed up one too many times, like, so to speak, on this strip, man. Burned too many bridges, and I'm not working because of it. You know this. When I found this out, and I knew that I was going to have to break this to you, it killed me, dude. Dude, it was really uncomfortable no, no, for me. No, the whole no, thing, the, the, the screening. It's all right, kid. That's why, man, there's a future somewhere. He's just not looking early. Like a second, kid. And he, he tells he tells Haim, he's like, hey, I'm going to be in the tribe. And then and Haim's like, yeah, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And he's like, well, actually, they only asked me. They really oh, they don't oh, want Oh, wow. So down crying. Yeah. He almost breaks down crying in that scene in the show. Like, because he, he was the star of the first one, and they didn't want him. And so after, like, watching it and seeing that mid credit scene, it's just like... <laughs> It was like, you know what I mean? like, holy shit, that poor dude. <laughs> oh, I just this broke. is so oh, sad. Oh, that's wow. I, I, dude, I would, I would recommend YouTubing that scene if you can. Because Good scene. I'm not, like, I'm not an asshole, but seeing Corey Feldman tell Corey Haim that they didn't want him in the tribe is one. It's, it's right. more heartbreaking than martyrs. Uh, reverse, right? But I mean, you know that that you know that 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 moment in the the quote unquote reality show was rehearsed like a hundred times over. Do you know what I mean? Like you know, absolutely know that that's the case. I mean, so but that just broke. It sounds sounds like Feldman's doing uh, a Frog Brothers impression when he tells him. So uh, you know. So, oh, that's what they just end up. Did they end up cramming that scene in the end just because, Mm -hmm. like, they felt sad for Corey Haim? No, I think I I think so. Think they thought, like, (laughs) I don't know. You know what? I don't know. I was gonna theorize, but I'm like, I got nothing. I really theorizing going on when it comes to Corey Feldman, Corey Haim, to be honest. And I say that as a huge fan of Corey Haim. Yeah, Um, Uh, uh... one thing that you know. I watched this movie with my daughter, um, which, whoops, that was a mistake. (laughs) Um, So we were just like, she, we, her and I were just talking before, you know, we were going to record and she was like, Oh my God, that movie. And she goes, you know, dad, like the first lost boys was like these like super fun and vampires and it was scary, you know? And then like this one, it's just like sex and nudity and they took all the fun out of it, which I'm like, yes. I'm like, that's pretty much the perfect encapsulation. And though, you know, uh, you could tell, uh, Ada, your daughter, Mm -hmm. uh, Ada, right? Yes. You can tell that the third film is actually pretty fun. It's mm-hmm. not good, but at least it, it brings back that fun. And Corey Feldman actually feels like a frog brother again. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple things in the third one that's kind of funny, and we'll talk about that the next episode. But like, there's this, there's this uptight hipster in the comic shop, and he's just like, I don't read comic books. I read graphic novels. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
So oh one God. thing, one one because this whole movie basically is predicated on like the big brother needs to protect little sister from dude's storyline. And as far as I'm concerned, like I am so done with that story. Yeah. Uh, or well, number one, because your main actress, I think it's Autumn Reeser playing Nicole, the sister. Um, absolutely, like, stunningly beautiful young woman. Um, apparently is supposed to be 17 years old, and she's. Oh, I don't like that. looks like 25. Like, there was a line that's dropped in here, like. You know, you're how old you know your sister's all out all night and she's like, Well, she's almost eighteen. Like, yes, that oh, makes yeah. her seventeen. And I'm like, ooh, I don't feel, you know, don't feel so good about this right now. Um it was just that, like I just watched oh, Uncle surprised. Buck. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, no, I, go ahead, go ahead. I just watched Uncle Buck again this morning and didn't realize that the teenage daughter is supposed to be fifteen years old. I'm like, what? Like uh, I what, what happened in the 80s and 90s? Like, <laughs> yeah. what was going on? Yeah. That. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. The whole plot device, it, it drives me nuts. And, you know, hate, like, love or hate the new Black Christmas. Uh, but that is one thing that I really loved about that movie is it kind of spoke to that, in my opinion. It spoke to that, that, you know, like, women don't need men to be their heroes. You know, like, they're fucking capable i think movies don't give them that credit you know and like the whole idea of like man i gotta protect my you know it's it's fucking dumb and it's played out yeah, and like and it's, especially like good no i was just gonna say it's not like this was like 1992 this was 2008 like mm-hmm. this this was filmed in 2008 like this this is just mind-blowing to me that this was allowed to like exist yeah yeah, I wish I like there's no. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm. <laughs> no, there's there's no agency for this character, um, and it almost like the character of Chris, who's the older brother. It's almost like he, um, like he wants the sister for himself. There's this whiff of like, yeah, incest, like because he has yeah. the whole. He has the whole um, shower scene with uh, Monica Delane, who's absolutely gorgeous. And, you know, obviously when you're Monica Delane within 10 seconds of like being under the spell of Tad Hilgenbrink, uh, who I'm like, <laughs> this looks, I'm like, this looks who like. looks like Stifler from which, American Yes, Pie. who apparently he played Stifler's little brother in uh-huh. one of the direct-to-video sequels. That makes a lot of which, sense. Which I did not know until right before we started recording. He just has like, permanent stifler oh, face. Like he does. Uh, yes. Like uh, I mean, he looks I like if Stifler, stifler in um, Dennis from if he's always it's always sunny in Philadelphia had a yep. baby. And you know what's weird too is like I got that same sense that the brother and sister like if they didn't drop like hey little sis what you doing Mm -hmm. little sis like all the time I would have thought that they were a couple and as she's fucking Angus fucking Angus Angus, Shane Mm -hmm. I don't know what his name was in this movie as she's fucking him cry little sister is playing and it Mm -hmm. just feels so incestual and wrong and I hate it you definitely got the impression that at some point those two characters had the discussion like what if we keep it above the waist as brother and sister <laughs> <You> definitely 
definitely <laughs> felt like there are that. Two things. There are two things that really just rub me wrong about the movie, other than all everything. But uh, <laughs> 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 the first one is just like. I know parties could get wild, I guess. I mean, I, that's what I hear. I never went to them growing up. Like, I was always you know, drinking in my own room crying, listening to Joy Division. But, uh, <laughs> like, I, but I, don't, I don't know if you guys have been to a lot of parties, but do people instantly get into showers, like, at, like when yes. they meet people? Yes, that's, well, that's the thing that happens. Okay, you, cool. I mean, if you have, if you have, <laughs> I mean, if you have, you know, Tad Hilgenbrink there. You have to. Right? It's, it's a rule. I mean, it's basically a law. It's not even a rule. It's a law of nature. It's a law of nature that if you have the hotness of a tad there, the shower stalls automatically open like the gates to heaven. I have two questions about two different actors um, in this film. And one of them is Aunt Jillian. Mm-hmm. Um, was she like somebody's mom? Like, why was she in this? I don't, I don't feel like, I don't mean, was she somebody's mom, like in the movie? I mean, like in real life, like, was she like somebody's mom? And they're like, we need to put this woman in the movie and have her walk in with like Mm -hmm. the Goonies and a single donut to split between three people from Dunkin' Donuts. I don't understand where this woman got hired. Who did the casting in this movie? Because second Mm -hmm. of all, there's Angus Sutherland, who was only dumb luck. He was born Mm -hmm. to the Sutherland empire and what does he do does he act in any other movies like i just i don't i guess i just have a lot Mm -hmm. of questions about the acting choices so looking at your first question yeah um gabrielle reese or i'm sorry gabrielle rose she's actually got about 183 credits to her name so she would be you know a good character actress she would be she's in a ton of different things a lot of tv um Still working to this day. Like if you actually like if you look at the Gotta past you know few years, like she's steadily working in a number of things. Nothing that maybe we've seen her in, but hey, you know, good for her when it comes to the fact that how many character actors just like drop off the face of the earth and you never hear from them again. Uh Angus Sutherland, you know, obviously hired for you know for the Sutherland name. Uh both he and Sutherland. <laughs> he and Tad both stopped working uh, in 2000. It looks like Tad stopped working in 2010, Shane in 2011. Uh, I think they are managing a Benny Hannes somewhere. <laughs> I, just, I just looked Agnes Sutherland up on Letterboxd, and it says, actor in one film. Okay. Lost Boys the Tribe. Okay. Producer for one film called mm-hmm. November Lost Criminals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This actually makes me feel better. That, because, that's it. I mean, there's yeah. I was hoping else. this didn't like kickstart a career for him. Oh, it didn't. It no. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> uh, do you think that? Do you think that like Kiefer acknowledges Angus, or does he pretend he's like who? You know, definitely don't know who that is. Like Tom Hanks and Tom Hanks is uh, not Colin Hanks, but his other son, like mm-hmm. Chet Hanks that goes uh, by Chet Hanks, like a gangster rapper. Oh, it's probably it's it's by that dynamic, you know. What do you think Thanksgivings are like with like Donald Sutherland when like Kiefer and Angus are there? A lot like, of mumbling. You know, what do you think? <laughs> Wait, what was that? A lot of what? A lot of mumbling. <laughs> <laughs> I love Donald Sutherland, but holy shit, yeah. man. Uh, Apparently, like, um, my wife has a story where like years ago, 
they were filming some movie in Cornwall that Kiefer Sutherland and Charlie Sheen were in. And my wife, like, got a call from one of her friends, like, I'm in bed with Charlie Sheen right now. Uh, And, like, he basically made his way up and down the coast. And Kiefer Sutherland spent every day, like, in a a tea shop, like, drinking tea and being absolutely pleasant to, like, everybody he came along. (laughs) That's darling. uh, He was, like... Apparently the nicest, sweetest dude. He's a legend Aww. and a treasure. Like I watched Flatliners recently for an, mm-hmm. an article I'm writing for uh, something, and uh, God, I love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And Kiefer Sutherland has this like energy to him and this electric just energy to him that I'm sorry, but Angus, <laughs> no, Angus yeah, of a fucking lighter. Like There's it's not it's much, weird to watch on screen charisma there. I mean, it, when you see the Sutherland name, because Donald Sutherland has got such a, a incredible career that's lasted okay. decades and is fantastic. Kiefer Sutherland uh, in as David in the just if you just had the performance from the Lost Boys, he is so electric in that movie. And then, you know, not to mention so many other things that he's done. And this is just like. If he if he didn't have his name as Angus Sutherland, uh, there's nothing that would connect me to saying, yeah, he's related to them in mm-hmm. any way, um, because I mean, there's just nothing there. It's just so yeah, no. Bleh. Well, I will say plot twist though. I think he's the most handsome of the three. Um, I mean, the more charismatic is obviously Donald. Like everyone wants to get with Donald, even women my age. But like Kiefer is like the guy you just like want to like you know, go to a tea shop with. And Angus is the guy you just want to fuck to cry little sister. So, really? Yeah. No, okay. I mean, a little, I no. guess. No. I think that, that Rossif Sutherland uh, needs some attention too. the other brother. Wait, there's another? <laughs> yes, with actually a decent career. Oh. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. But <laughs> fuck this movie. No, uh, I, I, the one thing I think that... As far as music, this kind of shows what the tribe is. It's usually the movies that take a beloved f- song from the previous movie and try to get a youthful fucking hit band to cover it in the sequel that you know you're about to get a shit show. Like, I want to be in the board meeting of the tribe, not only to where they greenlit the movie so I could slap someone, but whoever said, we're going to get Cry Little Sister and have fucking Aiden cover it. Like Aiden's not a band name. Aiden is a I'm sorry, Aiden I don't know kid what with Aiden ADHD. Is. What's hey, Aiden? That's my son's name. Come on. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not talking trash about the, the Wait, name. Your son that, saying uh, this. Your son saying this song. No. What's going yeah. on with so Aiden is okay. a is it a band though? It, it, yeah, it was a band. Uh, they were basically the equivalent of every kid that went to Hot Topic once and walked out with, like, the crow makeup wear, like, okay. on their face. <laughs> Literally, this band looked like that for the first couple albums. They are the bane of my existence, and they cover, they, they're the ones that cover Cry Little Sister for this movie. So walking into it, already, I was just like, I heard that song on the credits, and I think it's in the movie, too. I, you know, I have PTSD even from revisiting this. Movie, so I'm trying to block it out. It's during the big love-making uh, scene, which... Wow, man. And the, the, this is some fucking fun context. The fucking singer of this band, once they broke up, had a popular, in the whole scene thing, because I have teenage kids. You know, they talk about this bullshit. Uh, the singer 
changed his name to William Control, and he sang these songs BDSM, BDSM, and he actually has this like site, I guess, where women could sign up to be his slaves, and like it's fucking weird, weird shit. Wow. I mean, I'm gonna look up that site, but (laughs) I'm I'm kind of like where's I'm kind of regretting that I named my son Aiden. No, no. <laughs> I mean, because everyone's going to think it's after this guy now. So, well, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm looking at his website right now and right. like it's, right. you know, I guess his band is on the cover. Imagine if like there was a chemical spill of like Dracar, Dracar Noir. Oh, Jesus. Dracar Noir. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I can I say it because it's so joke. sexy. I just ruined my own joke, but imagine a spill of that. And that's what, I, the, that's what these four dudes would be right here. Like, well, oh, I mean, just look at the soundtrack, guys. You have so guys, You guys are just describing every guy I dated in 1999 <laughs> through 2002. So <laughs> you have Aiden, you have a song by G love and special sauce. You have, <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. You're saying things I don't know. I'm just looking at the soundtrack here. You do have a song from, you know, Dave Gahan from Depeche Mode. I could get on board with that. But then there is some Seether that follows that. Who fucking greenlit this movie? Mm-hmm. Uh. Well, I don't I don't mind greenlighting the movie. I mean, it makes sense. And it was successful. I mean, we'll talk about that, I guess, at the end. Like, you know, that it actually did for what they wanted. It, it, it exceeded what they thought it would do in terms of, you know, direct the video for the market. So, but you know, there's again, again, just no accounting for taste or whatnot, but it was successful. Um, it having I'm say, a, it's been a name, you know, everyone, everyone bought it because of the lost boys, we waited how long, right. like a decade over a decade mm-hmm. for a sequel. I mean, you know, like who didn't buy the tribe mm-hmm. when it came out? Yeah. I mean, you could have like called it like the lost boys, like, I don't know, the Care Bears. And if you had like an animated Care Bear short in there, people may have bought it because we wanted more Lost Boys. But it was just, yeah. <laughs> um, it, so, it, 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 oh, you first, Veronica. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. I, um, I was trying to read a little about this film, and there was very little literature about it. But <laughs> what I did see, or I heard... Um, can't remember my source now. I'm a very bad librarian, you guys. Um, but what I did retain is that the children, um, the 17-year-old girl and her um, fuck buddy brother, were the children of Michael? Is this correct? No, um, not that I know. Not okay, because they have the same last name. And mm-hmm. people referenced a, a Lost Boys comic book. Mm-hmm. And that there's backstory in the comic book that actually helps make this movie make a little bit more sense. Mm. You know, I can understand that. But at the same time, there are actual, uh, in The Thirst, there are actually like many references to the first film and what happened to those characters. Okay. And, yeah, yeah, and they they kind of disregard. In fact, if I remember correctly, because it's been a while, I think the tribe doesn't exist in the thirst. Oh, good, because it doesn't exist in my world either. Right. So, I mean, you know, I think it's it's maybe damage control if they did a comic that connected those. Because okay. I mean, mm-hmm. this movie was where like surfing werewolves before it became the Lost Boys. You know, yeah. I, I don't even think anybody knew where it was. Going. Yeah, it literally just took the script. Um, with the surfing werewolves and 
added uh, Corey Feldman's frog brother character, changed the bad guys to vampires, and that was it. I mean, that's really that was really the script. The uh, Warner Brothers had originally passed on the script. It was written by Hans uh, Rodionoff. Uh, they originally passed on it, and then because it because it was too similar to the original Lost Boys in terms of its its um, you know plot points, and then they decided to buy it from him and um, change it to vampires at that point. You know what? Actually, actually, I think you might be right now that I think of it. Because I remember – see, I'm trying to uh, go back to the suppressed memory of of the tribe. Mm -hmm. I remember for a while, I think Jason Patrick was in talks to return for this movie. So if he did, he probably would have played the dad to them instead of having the ant character. Mm. That does make sense. Great. This pieces it all together for me, and now it's just climbing up in the ranks. Right. Now, now it's it's like better than the Lost Boys for you. I think so. So, <laughs> so I'm going to say one one positive thing. It's like I think the film sniffs around one good idea, and they don't unfortunately follow through with it. Where um, Tad or shit, Chris or shit, what do you think, Chris? Goes undercover, but you think that he's actually going to, you know, he drinks the blood, he starts getting vampire powers, and you think he's going to actually say, like, why not live forever, you know, like, go ahead, like, vampires can't get pregnant, so I could then boink my sister, you know, Mm. win-win, live forever, sister sex. Um, And then it, like, immediately is like, no, he's an undercover half-vampire that is trying to kill them, which is too bad. So I think that would be an interesting idea. Hmm? I was just saying, that, like, that sounds like the plot, like, it would be like a bad Christian Slater movie in the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it would be like a, a, a straight to video sequel to Cuffs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, do we have anything else? I know it's like a little bit. Sh- I, I have one other thing I want to discuss, um, tangentially related to this movie. But do we have anything else on the tribe that I'm missing here? Because there's just not a lot of meat on this bone. Uh, uh, movie wise, no. I do think it's interesting that it was so successful. Sure. Yeah. Other than that, <laughs> nope. Mm-hmm. No, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Okay. So here's my question for you guys. I was thinking about this while trying to process this movie. What is it about something like The Tribe, like a direct video and, and movies like it? Because, like, you know, the 90s, you know, when D, with the rise of DVD and the cheapness of digital video, you just saw so many direct-to-video kind of schlocky horror movies, even more than you would have seen, you know, in the 80s and 90s. What is it about, like, what separates, say, like, a movie I would say is a bad movie, like The Tribe, versus a movie that I don't like? Like, Jason Goes to Manhattan is kind of a chore to get through for the show, but if it comes on TV or if someone throws it on, like, I'm going to get into it and kind of enjoy that movie. Even a Halloween resurrection, you know, for as, as much as we don't love that movie, like watching that with a group of friends would be, I think, still pretty fun where I can't imagine a scenario where anyone, any of us would ever throw this on with a group of other people to like watch, even for its bad charm. Oh, uh, I, um, does anyone want to go or, or I can 
No, God. I was just going to say that, like, I think that even the films that I don't care for in in kind of franchises that I dig, like, you know, uh, I don't like Halloween Resurrection. Obviously, uh, as our listeners and Adam Marcus knows, I'm not a fan of Jason Goes to Hell. Uh, With that being said, I can see that they were at least trying to make Mm -hmm. a decent movie and trying to do an interesting take within the characters that we all loved. It didn't like none of them hit their mark with me, but they at least tried. Like I appreciate that they exist, even if I don't like them. I mean, even Book of Shadows, like mm-hmm. I don't like that movie, but it's kind of fucking cool that it exists because you know it, they were trying to do something different. The tribe, like like I said earlier, I just feel like there's no respect towards the first movie with this one. I it was a hundred percent a cash a cash thing. It was a money thing, whereas. Jason Goes to Hell, I don't think it was a money thing because it uh, was a money thing. It wouldn't have let them go off and do their own thing. I don't know. I mean, like, I don't, you know, no one is going into to Jason Takes Manhattan going like, look, man, this is going to be, you know, our Kurosawa. You know what I mean? This is going to be our no. The Fortress. You know, it's no, no. all about making money at the end no, of no, the day. Every movie is about making money, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I mean is, like, I think that there was some reverence towards the character sure. because by by jason takes manhattan plot wise there was nothing but that movie is a jason movie you know what i mean mm-hmm. by then they knew what people they knew what their they knew what their audience wanted to see mm-hmm. there isn't a single action or anything in the tribe of what our the audience wanted to see even Corey feldman's performance or even the character how it's written is nothing like the character in the first film to where like you could even change his name you know you wouldn't even know that it, it would be a frog brother like it's so mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it's it, like i could i could understand halloween 6 existing like it's fucking weird and i'm not a fan of it but you know what i mean like they at least try to do something with the character yeah it doesn't tribe, feel disrespectful like the tribe feels exactly mm-hmm. exactly I don't know if the tribe feels so much disrespectful as just lazy. And maybe that's disrespectful in and of itself, but it just feels like, eh, you know. Well, no, I I think it's disrespectful because, I mean, even the last episode, we talked about, like, the really interesting themes and looks on, like, on Mm -hmm. on really actually kind of complex and, you know, great things in the first film. I think it is disrespectful to make a movie that is kind of like the antithesis to that. You know, and like yes, and 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 it's not even a product of its time, like the Lost Boys was. Like two thousand eight was a big was a big year for our country and for um, you know the politics behind what the Lost Boys originally did. Two thousand eight was a big turning point for a lot of things, and it just didn't even it just didn't even give a shit. Mm-hmm. It was just all about throwing in you know that garlic holy water raw egg drink and shoving it down our throats. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because you have that raw egg drink and you have basically Feldman doing his best alone and, you know, what's a rocky drink, yeah. but raw egg. Um, well, you, I will you say know, it, is, it is a welcome break to see Feldman try to do Stallone hardcore and, and put fucking his Michael Jackson impression down for a, a minute. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like a – I'm kind of over it. <laughs> So I just don't know how much more there is. Like, and I know it's a little bit short for us this week. I just don't know how much there is. 
to really talk about this one overall. I mean, maybe we're wrong. Maybe. And again, if there's someone out there that is like, this is my favorite you know, movie of all time. I want to hear from that person. <laughs> you know, what's interesting to me is um, when you talk about the lost girls um, in, in the, what could have been uh, what I think about is that one segment from trick or treat uh, the, the vampire Anna Paquin segment um that I think that I feel like I would have 1000% loved to have seen that. And I think that would have been so much, um, even done poorly would have been so much better than what this, um, brought to my life, uh, which was, did you guys uh, hear about when they announced that they were trying to make a lost boys TV series recently and that they oh. were changing, they were changing the characters of the frog brothers to female characters and like the internet, like Brodom kind of like created such a huge thing. Like it was mm. such a, it was Shocking. almost like someone like shit. Someone like, it was like if someone shit in their salad, like they were so protective over this movie. And it, it reminded me of like, you know, I'm not dissing fight club. I think it's, it's a, a decent, it's a fun movie, but it's kind of like, you guys don't realize that like fight club was making fun of you guys, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like that's lost boys was about a lot of these things that a lot of these bro dudes you know what I mean? Like, like it, yes. it's not a straight movie. Like it, it could be enjoyed as so, but it's very much a look at those things, you know? And I, I feel like a lot of them maybe like didn't realize that. And they're holding the lost boys precious for reasons that they don't even know. It's, it's odd to me. Yeah. It, it, I think a, a lot of these, I mean, I don't know, but a lot of these boys were young when they saw this movie and they just saw themselves in these different characters. And I don't know if they've even revisited it as adults and and looked at it from a different angle. They're just kind of like, this was precious to me at this time. Just like, I mean, you know, for me, I never really had that connection with the Lost Boys or the Goonies. I mean, I I loved the Goonies, but at the same time, that wasn't a movie for me. Um, I didn't see myself there. Um, I was more into... uh, gosh, I mean, a now and then movie. Right. But you know, it was, it was, it was, um, fine. But I I think that once you start, once you start reimagining a movie, just like, I mean, obviously with Ghostbusters, right. Like you're going to get those bros that come out of the woodwork and say, what the fuck? Or, you know, if there's that Poe Finn, uh, storyline that, that they tried, that J.J. Abrams tried for this, this final Star Wars and they just said, no, thank you. Audiences are not going to like this. And they just kind of said no. So I think that, I think that turning the Frog Brothers into the Frog Sisters, um, yeah, uh, that, that would have a very negative mm-hmm. uh, reaction from, from our friends over on Reddit or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree. I, it's, it's um, it's maybe time to let this one go at this point. Maybe it's time to develop a new property or a new story and maybe let this one go because I think the meat is kind of off the bone at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree 100%. Brian, you have been awfully quiet ever since I associated the word, the name of Aiden with – ADHD. No, that's not You've been what like, I meant. fuck you, Mike. No, so. no I, I've, I've actually, I've been just sitting here sort of chuckling because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it's, it's just, this is, this is, I just didn't really have anything to say about this movie. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I was walking I into you. this going, oh my gosh, yeah. I have no idea what to I say. Am- 
just very glad that either Poltergeist or Final Destination is going to be yes. yeah. the next yeah, thing we do. We got to wash the taste out of our mouth a little bit. All right. So, any last words, my friends? Uh, don't watch the tribe. <laughs> no, you know what? Watch Lost Boys: The Tribe. Enjoy it if if that's your your uh, your bag. Uh, let us know if you like it because I would like to meet that one person and enjoy this movie. Can you imagine uh, if this was the last movie you ever watched? Like you watched this and then had a stroke or something. Actually, when I watched this movie, it was almost the last movie I ever watched because I didn't know if I wanted to go on. (laughs) (laughs) There we are. Lost Boys, guys. All right. All right. right. Well, listeners, thanks so much for putting up with us today, especially me. Um, We will be back next week with the final installment in our Lost Boys coverage. But we've been assured that it's a lot more pleasurable to get through. Still might not be, you know, a world beater of a film, but at least it's fun. Uh, I get everybody. You know what? I don't even know how to end this episode. I'm just I feel beaten down by this movie. Just hang us on a pair. All right. Well, if you need a good laugh. Go check out my article at Dread Central. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I, I that one enough. I love that that article. Good job, man. Um, so I appreciate it. I, I was when they said that's the one they wanted me to do. I was like, oh god, I'm scared to death. But uh, let's give it a try. And I thought it turned out pretty well. It was fun to do that one. All right. All right, everyone. We'll be back next week. Thanks for tuning in. Follow us over at Twitter at Pod and Pendulum, and we'll be back.